You're listening to The Don and Mike Show, powered by SMT Expo. Don Savela, owner and publisher of Exhibit City News and ExhibitCityNews.com, and Mike Morrison, national sales director of WS Display. The Don and Mike Show, a weekly podcast focused on trade show, event, and experiential marketing industries in today's world. And now, from our studios just outside of Atlanta, here is Don and Mike. Do you need something new, fresh, and exciting to drive attention at your event? SMT Expo Systems is bringing you the one-of-a-kind Toolless Fabric Booth System. Customize it with brandable logos or images and sell it as sponsorship opportunities. Use it to create a zone on the show floor and more. Connect with us today at smtexpo.com to get more information and ideas. It is Christmas weekend here on the Don and Mike show. And as you heard there in the beginning, sometimes you just got to laugh to keep from crying. We'll talk about why here on the front end of our show today. I'm Mike Morrison, National Sales Director for WS Display, on the line with Don Savela, the owner and publisher of Exhibit City News and ExhibitCityNews.com. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, if I had my druthers, I would much, uh, much rather be in Las Vegas right now. I am sitting in Atlanta, Georgia, Metro Atlanta, at a click of 16 degrees Fahrenheit with the wind chill somewhere just below freeze, below zero, actually. You know, freezing would be nice today, but we're well below that. The whole East Coast is a wreck right now, Central United States as well, and we'll talk about that coming up. But, uh, Don, you've got, uh, I think you're telling me, uh, mild 60s and uh, a lot of fun things going on in Vegas, right? Certainly, Mike. Hello to all our listeners out there and followers. Uh, yeah, it's going to be high in the mid-60s here, like 64, 65 for three or four days. So compared to what the rest of the United States is going through, we'll take it. We'll take every little bit of it. And I was telling you off mic earlier that before I moved to Vegas 25 years ago, when I still lived in Chicago, I'd be out here working the Consumer Electronics Show every single year. And uh, it just looking at seeing the high temperature in Chicago right now is one degree. Right now, as we speak here in middle afternoon in Chicago, it's one degree below zero right now. So I wanted to ask you, though, about the kudzu. You don't want to need that kudzu to freeze. How is kudzu with the cold, and do you cover up kudzu? Funny you ask that, because growing up in uh, Alabama, uh, kudzu was a weapon, especially in cold temperatures, because you strip those leaves, it becomes a belt. And uh, there was there were several times I got my tail tore up with a, a long kudzu uh, belt like uh, stem uh, or or a stick, if you will. Uh, I know it's probably a lot of listeners don't want to hear that, but uh, you ask. You know, kudzu grows all over the place in Georgia, especially in the in the woods in the in the southern portions, but uh, in, even in Alabama. But uh, not sure uh, how it's going to affect. Of course, this type of freeze here, which is very, even though we're in late December, is very unseasonable. I mean, you you might get into freezing at worst. I mean, you might be right around freezing temperatures, but nothing like 
16, 15, you know, and below zero when the when the wind is blowing. And uh, I told you off, Mike. I I got up this morning and and normally I I have shorts on. I have a hoodie and uh, some some slip-on shoes and I looked out the window next to the curb we always have a trash can out there and that's where we throw our you know house trash and everything and we just leave it at the street that way you don't forget to put it out the, the night before the truck comes the next day so I go outside and open the door and I get halfway out there and this is the first time in 60 years I've ever heard parts of my body swear at me like what in the world are you doing out here and not clothed and exposing all of us our extremities here to the cold and uh, i ran out there and flipped that thing up and and ran back at about the fastest i've run in, in the last 10 years um it's brutal it is brutal out there uh elliot you know i guess if, if i was named elliot i would wreak havoc too on some things because that's what it's doing right now um the the whole northern uh, section of the united states is from about mid-central U.S. over is just being obliterated. Uh, talked to some customers up in, uh, in in the Minneapolis area, the Lakes area, and they're just you know you know wrecked right now. The swirling snow and everything is going on. If you look at the map, the northeast section, got to remember those folks. Probably no power in the biggest portion of that area. One of the things that's interesting about this, though, from an industry standpoint, and a, probably a positive point that you could say, Don, is there's no shows going on right now. At least you're not stranded in a convention center or a hotel or somewhere doing a trade show because it is Christmas weekend and nothing really starts until the end of next week. So I guess there is some positivism you can look at in this situation. Without a doubt, Mike, um, you know, but it doesn't make it any less bad for people stuck in airports or stuck even even the commuter rail and stuff they canceled all the long haul Amtrak flights anything to or from Chicago yesterday was just cut and you know I think I figured out what might have happened this 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 person we don't know if, if Elliot's male or female probably but I, I think what happened is Rich Johnson and Jim Worm invited them to the Randy and Elliot had the wrong dates thank goodness that's what happened well, if that's what happened, it got its revenge uh, on a good portion of the U.S. Like we said earlier, the West seems to be untouched. I think it's because that storm kind of came up from uh, Mexico up and it entered into the central U.S. and it kind of left the West untouched. But uh, Lord knows this year we've seen all kind of weather havoc uh, deal with, with uh, different areas of the U.S. And here we're here at the end of the year where... Uh, this one is the flavor of the day, but, uh, you know, hopefully everybody will get through this with minimal damage and we can get ready to kick off 2023 with some better news. News is, is interesting sometimes. I see stories uh, from our industry standpoint, and there was an article, and I could not find this thing. I knew I would regret not tabbing this article about the stock market if you think about it the question would be how does the stock market impact the live event and trade show industries that we delve in on a daily basis and there was really a, a, a lot of charts about companies and their stocks especially publicly traded companies in our industry of trade shows emerald was right there at the top we all know emerald and it was interesting don you're not talking about, talked about it off mic is Back in 17, 2017, stock was somewhere, I think it was around 23 and some change per share. Pretty valid, legit amount uh, per share. You know what it is today? It's like $3 and change. 
I mean, it is a exponential drop in value. So therefore, if the publicly traded companies are having issues with stock market value and for show running and investment into our industry, you know, what does that do for everyone else who is uh, involved in our industry and what kind of struggles are they seeing? What are your thoughts on that? You know, those are distressing stats and you can't argue with hard stats like that. But I'm wondering if it's uh, more of a trailing indicator, you know, with travel just starting to come back. Like last year, I think they said a consumer electronics show, they had 40,000 people and they considered that a success, if I'm correct. This year, they're expecting 100,000 and they're saying just about all that, uh, 60% of the people coming are international and there's a pent up demand after missing two CESs. Remember, they pulled the plug right before last year's. Sure. Well, they're expecting to be at 100,000 attendees, which sounds like a mega show to us, but it was at 170,000 2019. So do that math. But I think it's a lagging indicator, what you're talking about. So it can't, that stock can't stay down there with the tidy bowl man for much longer, I don't think. But there's only up to go when you're at close to $3 a share when you were listed at like 23 back in 2017. Yeah, hopefully as we get into 2023 and we see shows, because the show schedules, if you look at the calendar, barring any kind of weird thing that could happen uh, in, in any manner, I'm not just, just talking about COVID, but any other kind of problems that we might face, if we can avoid that, I think you're right. I think we're in this staircase of going upwards and uh, elevating ourselves each and every passing month and each and every passing show. It'll be real interesting to watch the shows happen uh, that are, you know, principal shows that are ones that, that do have a, a huge following. You know, the Surf Expos, the CESs, the, uh, there's just tons of them if you go to the calendar and look. But uh, if we can start off and, and not and avoid what we did first quarter for the last two years, because that's when we took our hits was first quarter and and it was later in the year and that's when we ended up trying to cram 12 months of shows in eight months so it'll be interesting to see i just thought it was an interesting article and um you know it's wait and see at the end of the day see how things go uh we'll take a quick time out at this point and come back with our interview for this week this is our interview that we had at uh, it was our final interview at edpa access in san antonio there were two industry veterans that uh, talked to us from the Texas chapter of EDPA. They were the winner of the small chapter award for the 2022 year. And uh, these two ladies uh, do a a great job of leading and helping co-lead that particular chapter. That's uh, Janine Swan and Noelle Webster, uh, a legacy veteran along with a, a, a future workforce leader i mean it's it's a interesting anomaly of discussion that we had and uh so let's just take a quick time out come back and we'll have that interview with janine and noel here on the don and mike show comes up next right after this YourEventAudio.com provides closed circuit audio turnkey solutions for all live events outdoor concerts festivals private radio remote broadcasts language translations speaker extension, and much more. With the new COVID-19 normal in place, YourEventAudio.com can help with your event. Go to the website, YourEventAudio.com, and see the videos of previous applications and let us start helping with your event tomorrow at YourEventAudio.com. 
Mike Morrison back with you on the Don and Mike Show. We're wrapping things up here at EDPA Access San Antonio, Texas at La Cantera Resort. It's been a blast. It's been fun. We talked to a lot of people. Of course, we talked to Jim Worm. Uh, we talked to uh, Chris Griffin and uh, Michael McMahon. You just heard from last week, who was the recipient of the Ambassador of the Year Award. A big surprise for everybody, and then again, not really a big surprise. Now, the interview I'm having today uh, to wrap things up for Don and Mike are, uh, first of all, no stranger to our show. She was on our funny thing, Janine. Janine Swan joins us now, and you were on the show two years ago when we were here. In San Antonio, and we were talking about international markets and how they were responding to the pandemic, which thankfully is now all positive news. Yeah, I remember we had a very questionable discussion about, you know, because everybody was like on the edge of their seat, not knowing really what to expect. We were trying to have fun with the mighty fighting 100 that we had here. Um, Just you had six exhibits here that year. I was one of them, a couple of other people. It would have been this little area right here is where we were at. We actually were in the hallway doing recordings. And no, uh, I'm sorry, I take that back. You know what? That was an error on my part. I'm going to keep going because we were. it was last year that you were on the show. You were in Florida. No, we did San Antonio. Did we? Uh-huh. You know what? It's tough to get old. It is. <laughs> and you can't have a memory. Noelle Webster wouldn't know about that. Time flies when you're having fun. She's much younger than yeah, we are. Yeah, Noelle. But not is, nearly as good I'm looking old, as we are. I'm an old soul. That's, I'm an old soul. You're an old soul. You're old in the soul, but you're not on the skin. Okay. And in trade show years, you know, that's different than normal people years. Is that it, like dog years or I, something? Yes. I think it's dog times two. I mean, the hours we put in on the show floor, come on, it's got to equal out somewhere. Noelle Webster, Webster, official uh, introduction for from Will Work, joins us now. Uh, Bill gave you permission to get on the microphone and said you could talk to her. Oh, he did? Yes, he oh, did. Oh, great. Good to know. I, I asked. And, um, you know, this, uh, you know, as a final interview, let's talk a little bit, Janine, first about your 2022. What could you, uh, in a summary, give me about uh, your business uh, situation in, in this, this year? I think it played out the way a lot of people were projecting it would. A lot of exhibits are have been downsized. But in terms of attendance at the shows, even though the numbers technically were smaller, my customers were finding that they were high-quality people, that they were serious buyers. And when you're talking about return on investment, it's really more about the quality, not the quantity. Well, that's important. I mean, at the end of the day, you can... You, you know, quantity or, or discounted price or everything else is fine, but at the end of the day, if it looks like a piece of crap, it's still a piece of crap. Exactly. So there you go. Um, Noel is in a different side of the industry, the uh, IND side, and uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to say this. I, it's the last show, and I have no uh, filter. Uh, Noel said, hey, you want to switch mics because I'm loud as hell. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to meet Noelle, and she's going to be a little, no, it sounds a little abrasive, but she really is a sweetheart of a girl, and uh, has been in the industry how long now? About six years. I should probably turn your mic up. Try That's okay. Go. I said I was loud as hell. I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in the industry about six, uh, almost six and a half years. So you mere child. Um <laughs> But remember, in trade show years, that's like a lot longer. I'm at least a teenager at this point, right? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) You're something. I'm not sure. (laughs) That's fair. I'll take it. uh, Noelle is very involved uh, with the future uh, workforce and the future leaders uh, side of EDPA. 
uh, one of the reasons Michael got his award as Ambassador of the Year for all of the work uh, that he and, and these folks do uh, trying to lead our future. And um, you're kind of like me. You got your finger dipped in a lot of buckets. Uh, I won't say bowls. I'll say buckets because they are deep and they're full of a lot of things um, and, and keeps you busy. Because right now, uh, this has been an interesting year, I'm sure, from the labor side because we've tried to cram 12 months of shows in about an eight-month period. Has that been your experience? Oh, yes. It was interesting listening to Janine where you said, you know, you, it was kind of what you expected or what you predicted. I felt like 2022 was... I, out of nowhere um, in, a, in a great way, right? We go from 2020 to having, you know, absolutely nothing trying to rebuild things. And then 2022, it's astronomical, you know, record breaking years. But the amount of pressure that that put on, it, it was a interesting offset. Um, and so it was, it was a lot. I'm not going to lie. I won't sugarcoat it. It was a lot. There were a few months where it pushed a lot myself and my team to a point where we had never seen before. But it's great to, especially to be back here in San Antonio after being here in 2020 and seeing the attendance now triple almost of what we had. And so it's a, it's a great feeling, uh, but it was, it was a, it was a rough year. Um, but it's, it's kind of, you say future workforce, future leaders and all the different buckets. I mean, that's where we really get filled up and it's in the different areas that, you know, works hard. Everyone's in the same boat in different degrees. And so really kind of plugging in is something that I've found at least as an out outlet to kind of recharge myself of giving back and being able to pour in in different areas. What are you, Janine, what are you seeing? Because uh, workforce is one of those discussions that a lot of people are having these days. Um, hard time hiring people, hard time, and it might not be applicable in your particular world, or maybe it is, and you can comment on it. Very much so. We did are seeing similar things overseas that we did here where we lost a lot of people that had to go to work. They couldn't wait for the industry to come back. So finding new talent, developing new talent has been a challenge in Europe and throughout the world, uh, Australia, Southeast Asia, very similar. Well, it's because you, you are international and a little bit of domestic. Is that What's the balance percentage-wise? Uh, probably... That's about 70, 75% is overseas. 75, 25. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And, uh, but what about you, Noel? Do you see a labor dilemma? Absolutely. Uh, it's not even a question. Absolutely. And I think anyone who might even pause on that, um, if they think it might not be a problem, they should definitely look around and get involved. Um, from a labor standpoint, I mean, we said, Chris, speaking about Chris and Michael McMahon, I mean, they're what incredible human beings, by the way. But I remember we were just chatting about this about four years ago was my first access. And I remember Chris Griffin said something at that point. Now, this is pre-pandemic. And he said the average IND worker on the trade show floor, the average age was, I think, 56. And this was that's four, correct. Yeah, this is four years ago. And so now, you know, obviously we're in a very different position, but it is a huge problem. Uh, I think it goes bigger, though, than the, just the labor side and the IND. It is a huge um, challenge now in different areas, project managers, designers, account managers, um, you know, anything and everything in our industry. It's definitely a, a challenge to sort of rebuild and the talent pool. I mean, we could talk in circles about it. We've done that the last couple of days, but it is, it's a challenge and it's, we're going to have to start thinking creatively of, you know, how do we recruit different people? I mean, that's why the future workforce committees are so important. And it's, I think it really is a huge initiative that we as an industry have to focus on together. I mean, 
you have to look at a bigger picture here, right? I think in 2020, we were all thinking, how do our companies survive? Now I think as a, as a collective group, we have to think, how is this industry going to survive? Not this year, not next year, but five years from now, mm -hmm. 10 years from now. So it is absolutely a, a, an issue and a challenge that I think everyone needs to be thinking about and focusing on and contributing where they can. Janine, 2023, um, what, do you, what do you got? For my company, definitely stronger presence international. We're starting to see more people want to come back. Um, the travel restrictions that have been in place have relaxed a bit, so that's also encouraging them to... Um, their staffs are not as concerned now about traveling overseas. But I think, again, with EDPA's initiative of really dedicating something I've heard a lot at different sessions today have brought to light was people often have different skill sets that can transfer to our industry. So instead of looking for someone that fits this job description, they may have some skills from something else that translate that we have an opportunity to grow our industry by looking outside their traditional job description. Fair enough. Noelle, you want that one? Yeah, there was, there was, uh, there was, one, there was one session today, and um, we were all talking about um, the, the employment came up again, or, or the recruiting, and the speaker talked about poaching, and um, it made a lot of sense in the, in the moment, and I actually, I went up and spoke to her afterwards, and she clarified for me, which I don't know if it got clarified on stage or to the rest of the group, she was actually speaking about poaching from other industries, not poaching from, okay. from the same companies here in our own industry. Um, and I agree. I think, you know, transferable skills. I, I knew nothing about this industry before getting in. I did events. But I mean, how many people around here did different positions or did different jobs? And it's completely transferable. I think that's one of the, the best selling points of this industry and the career paths, too. You, you can come in with, you know, any sort of background and it's a it's a it's an energy. Mike, you said this earlier. It's an energy that thrives in this industry. And honestly, that's all that I think it really, truly takes that and really good mentorship and really good training and really good leadership. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I definitely think it, it's a it's a unique opportunity and we just have to kind of get out there and look. Let's start thinking again creatively. Who, what, where? How can we sort of plug and fill these gaps? Because it's not we can't just go to, if I'm taking from a company that's a competitor of mine, that's actually going to lack in this. It, again, we're trying to sustain the industry, right? If I take someone who's really good, who works for my competitor, my company might do better in the short term, but we need to sustain the industry as a whole. And how can we do that as a collective group? Why do I feel like we need to pass an offering plate at this point <laughs> for some reason? I'm not sure why. Um, you know, we it's the end. As you can tell, the background noise has dissipated. Everybody at this point has gone to go get liquid treatment um, to to get over this. This is the longest day in the uh, in, in the event because it starts at seven thirty in the morning. It will not end till way into the morning hours for many people. For me, that I won't be one of those. I'll be in bed because uh, I got things to do tomorrow. But um, and I'm old. But um, that being said. Uh, Thank you very much, both of you, Janine Swan, Noel Webster, for being the final interview it for is the an Don honor. and Mike show. And it's, you know, it's been a ride. Uh, 
and at least you you made the you made the cutoff time. <laughs> we are honored, and also uh, thank you very much for inviting us. And just a quick plug: Noel is the president of the Texas EDPA chapter, and we were the best small chapter this year. So Yahoo! Both Collect- of y'all are in, uh, in yeah. The Texas. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say collective effort, but but truly, Mike, it is an, it is an absolute honor, and for what you and Don have done for this industry just through your podcast, we truly. For anyone else, if anyone's not said thank you, thank you for our industry as a behalf. This is like an incredible honor, and congratulations on the incredible achievements you guys have made through this podcast. It's been a great ride, five and a half years. We'll be back to wrap things up after this. Dress your next event for success with SMT Expo Systems. From disposable trash receptacles and table skirts in a variety of colors to vinyl tabletops in all sizes. SMT Expo Systems has the solutions for your exhibit needs. Offering direct from manufacturer pricing enables us to pass through significant cost savings to our clients. Visit smtexpo.com to see how we have you covered. You're listening to The Don and Mike Show. Mike, great interviews, uh, great people. You love these people from Texas. You know, it befuddles me a little bit. When everything's big in Texas, how come they win the small chapter award? And and other than that, they put chaps in chapter. Get it? Texans? They put the chaps in chapters. That's <laughs> all gonna, I got to say. It's going to be a long day, I can already tell. No, that's, it, I mean, first of all, the interview, as you could tell after listening to it, went very, very well. Uh, just, a, just a fun time because at the end of the gala, you know that that's what everybody does. They just they, everything is lightened up now. You know we're going to go into that last day, which is the next day of presentations and discussions, and and then you you got to get back to reality. So uh, it's kind of a sigh of relief that uh, everything was done, and uh, and, and then kind of move forward after that. That being said, uh, there was a portion there in the interview that you heard. Um, I think it was Noel that said, you know, very grateful to be the last interview for the Don and Mike show. And uh, I've had a couple of people say something and, and I'm like, yes, let's um, let's go ahead and, and put this out there. Now, we're not going to go into a long belabored thing at this point, but uh, it is uh, probably important to mention that next week's show, the December 30th show, will be the final show for the Don and Mike Show podcast. We've been going five and a half years. Uh, we will end the year uh, exactly five and a half years. We didn't have a contractual you know, due date to end everything at that time. It just worked out that way. And um, we'll save more of that information for next week's show. Next week's show will not have an interview. It'll be... Don and myself uh, wrapping things up and uh, moving forward into 2023, uh, going in some different directions, and and that's fine. You know, Don, sometimes it just happens that way where you have a great run, you you do what you do, and then you reach a point where you go, okay, it's uh, uh, mutually ready to go in different directions, which uh, we will do, and we'll talk more about that next week. We sure will, Mike. It's been a great run, and... uh... Looking forward to next week as well, and uh, it'll come soon enough. Okay, isn't that the truth? That's the one thing we can say. Fridays always come soon enough. Of course, next week will be a challenge in a lot of our industry because uh, while you do have that break, short of small break between Christmas and New Year's, everybody is trying to get final 
display and contractual things going on for the shows that start that we've talked about on the front end. And uh, so get ready for a hairy week between Christmas weekend and uh, and New Year's weekend. Uh, and, of course, a lot of people will see each other in Vegas uh, and Orlando, those two shows in particular, and then other cities as well as we get ready to kick off 2023. But it's been a great run, and uh, so I'd encourage you, to uh, listen to next week's show we'll we'll just kind of go back and talk a little bit about five and a half years and and what we experienced and uh and we'll go from there from the don and mike show he's don on mike thanks for listening as always powered by smt expo